Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, quiet, please. Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. And we will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera. And I'll provide you with guests and the information you're going to want to have with your filmmaker or fan. So now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. My guest today is Mr. Alex Cruz. He's an actor. He appears in movies and TV. He's a martial artist, and he is a tactical consultant. And so we're going to find out all about what that means uh, in just a moment. So hold on. Stay tuned, and we'll uh, check with him in just a second. All right. So I'm trying to get... uh, Mr. Cruz on the phone, and we'll see what happens here. And uh, he is in the Persian Gulf right now and trying to get to a landline. It was a a tough uh, time for him, and um, we're checking in with him. So you just stay tuned. The chat room is open. Take a moment to to invite your friends and to uh, uh, share this with other people, and I'll be right back on the air. And I'm back. All right, so we're waiting for Alex to show up on the uh, on the uh, trunk line, and I apologize for these delays and for this difficulty. Oh, here we go. Here he is, I believe. All right, so I'm going to bring him on in just a second. Let me say that uh, it's a great time to have him on the show. We are uh, going to go live with him in just a second. But um, the chat room is open, so if you're listening, join us in the chat room. And I'll bring Alex on now. Hello, Alex, are you there? I am. Uh, I apologize. The uh, connection is not the best. And where are you exactly? You're in the Persian Gulf somewhere? Are you there, sir? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. All right. And where in the Persian? You're in the Persian Gulf. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I'm, I'm here. Where are you, sir? Where are you located? Oh, we are having a lot of difficulty. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? I'm I'm sorry, I'm gonna call from another line. This is the this is a landline over voice over IP. I'll uh, I'll give it another try. Hello, er- can you hear me? Alex, are you are you there, Alex? Alex 
We're having uh, a lot of difficulty with Alex. He just hung up. We'll come back. All right. So anyway, my guest tomorrow is Mr. Peter Marshall. We're doing a director series. We're in the the audition. We're inside on um, the audition process for actors and directors. We're going through what directors need to know about auditioning the actors and what actors need to know about auditioning for directors. And we're in the middle of that. It'll be episode number 26 or number 27 of the director series. If you've never listened. Uh, before, or if you're joining us for the first time live today, I apologize for all the technical difficulties. Uh, it, it, sometimes they occur, and most of the time uh, it's not quite uh, uh, this difficult. But um, I look forward to hopefully hooking up with Alex here, and uh, he'll be back in a moment. Uh, but join us tomorrow for uh, Mr. Peter Marshall. Then on Monday, Monday is Julian Adams. He's the producer of a movie called The Last Confederate that she produced um, by himself. Oh, well, he got together some people and produced it. This first movie he ever produced. He recently produced um, The Phantom, or I should say Phantom with Penn Densham and uh, directed by Todd Robinson. And um, I'm stuttering around here. It's because I have no clue where uh, my guest is at the moment. And if he's going to be making it back on the on the air, but anyway, Julian Adams will be up on Monday the seventeenth, and uh, I'm looking forward to having him. He's a fascinating man. We we talked with him before about the Phantom and, and a little bit about Last Confederate and about getting movies off the ground. So you're going to want to listen to what he has to say and about attaching talent and, and name directors and raising money and all that kind of thing. Uh, Peter will be here tomorrow, as I mentioned. That's great. Anytime you listen live, you can join us in the chat room. And when you listen archived, uh, the chat room obviously is not available. Please, whenever you listen live or archived, those who are in the chat room right now, please do leave comments at the player window before you leave the show. Uh, that's something that uh, we ask that you do because it helps extend our reach to others uh, worldwide on the Internet. It makes uh, my guests more visible and the information that we provide to uh, filmmakers and actors and screenwriters and the like, um, much more available. I don't know where Alex is at this moment. Um, if he doesn't call in in the next few moments, we will um, we will uh, abort this show and we will go with Peter tomorrow. He, as I said, in the Persian Gulf, he's at a landline. He's having some difficulty getting uh, a call through. Here he is. Let's see what happens. All right. Alex, are you there? Can you hear me? I am, I am. I apologize. I'm in uh, a part of the world that's a little bit difficult to get calls out sometimes. And uh, and so what part of the world are you in? Uh, I'm actually right across from uh, uh, one of those countries where they seem to be screaming for the death of Americans most of the time. <laughs> I'm in the so you can't the tell moment. us where you are? <laughs> No, I can't. I can't say exactly where I am, but I am in the Persian Gulf, which is well, a pretty large area. I see. <laughs> so I apologize. Right. Just uh, everything here is usually uh, screened or blocked. So all the phone calls that I was making to you, I kept on getting uh, an Arabic uh, operator and uh, all this. I don't know if you heard it in the background interference, but I'm glad I finally got you. Uh, thank you for having me. Having me on. Uh, I'm uh, very excited. I read your bio, and uh, I checked out your website, and I've heard several of your shows. So uh, it's a big honor for me to, to be speaking well, with you. Well, that's awesome, and it's an honor to have you on the show as well. I'm looking forward to it. And um, so so let's start off. I mean, let's introduce you to my listeners who may or may not know 
um, you know what you do and and how you do it. You're first. You're an actor, and uh, you work in television and movies. Correct. You're also a martial artist. Is, what do you have a particular form of martial arts that you uh, practice or enjoy? Um, yes, actually, I, I uh, enjoy uh, Native American martial arts uh, because they are uh, one, they're a way of keeping the culture alive, and uh, two, they have uh, they're very much based on uh, on the movements of uh, the animals and of uh, natural phenomena. And uh, they're very practical. <laughs> uh, fantastic. And then also uh, you are a tactical consultant. Can you explain what a tactical consultant is? Sure. Um, so, for example, on different films and different TV shows, you may see uh, groups of uh, of either soldiers or different tactical types of operators um, who are, for example, storming a building or uh, going after bad guys or, or jumping out of a helicopter. Uh, so those are some of the items that uh, I've had the pleasure to work on different shows or films uh, in terms of consulting. Um, so that's that's uh, it in a nutshell, and uh, I guess nuts and bolts of, uh, of different items related to uh, military operations uh, and different types of, of tactical uh, uh, situations, which covers well, a very large area. Fantastic. I'd like to get more into this in just a, a moment, but why don't you provide us with some of your background? Uh, how does one how does one be a tactical consultant? How does one get to be a tactical consultant? What what is your background? Uh, well, in my case, um, I guess everybody go like like uh, acting and uh, and anything else. I guess people come into things in different ways. In my particular. Uh, case I had auditioned for uh, a role, and uh, they saw that uh, I knew about um, about uh, different types of, of martial arts and how long it would take to do certain things. Um, I know that sounds pretty vague, but there's <laughs> you know to make something look realistic, you kind of have to know what it looks like in the real world. Um, so I happen to have some experience in those in those uh, situations, and um, that's how I got my, my first uh, gig uh, consulting in terms of, of tactical uh, operations. Um, and then as things come along, um, people, you know, one person knows another, and then they contact you. It's like, oh, have you done, so, have you done this, or have you worked with this type of um, you know, like let's say, what does the what do the Israeli commandos use in this situation or the other? And you know, you um, you it's like anything else. If if you know, you say yes. If not, you say no. I'm sorry, I don't have that information, um, or I can't. You know, there's something I can't show you, or so on. You have to take it in a case by case matter. And a lot of people who do that type of work uh, happen to be. Uh, either retired uh, military or law enforcement or uh, different types of, of um, I guess, personnel that would deal with uh, situations. It's, uh, you know, every situation is different. So 
sometimes you have happen to have experience in something and sometimes you don't. You know, it it's uh that's just the way it is. And sometimes what? you just get lucky, you know, like in terms of uh of being asked to <laughs> to do something or other. Well, I'm sorry, what I you off mix. No, no, no. I was just gonna say so so um what are the different shows that you can talk about that uh in which you used your expertise in a particular way and and can you explain a kind of I'm a director, say, and I'm and I and I need mm-hmm. you, and I and I've got a situation. What happens? I mean, in other words, uh, let's say I'm going to have paratroopers jumping out of a plane, or I'm going to uh, storm, you know, a storefront or something like that. Whatever, whatever, whatever kind of action I have, how, how do you step in, and, and what do you do? Do you look at? Uh, um, the the tactical standpoint from how the people are stationed to how they make the actual attack uh in terms of wardrobe you know mm-hmm. let you you take it i mean sounds good sounds good thank you <laughs> um so in situations like that uh i think it's best to use an example um yes. so in my case i'll use the example from the americans uh so i was on set and um the situation was that the FBI SWAT team was going into a uh, cluster of buildings in the projects, and they had to sneak up on a suspect. Um, so in my case, uh, the person who was leading the team was uh, Noah Emmerich, uh, who some of you may know from the show Stan Beeman. Um, very uh, very um, um, fine person and excellent actor. Uh, so he asked us, along with us was uh, was also a New York Police Department uh, SWAT, SWAT team leader uh, and myself. So he asked us, uh, you know, for example, everything from um, how to hold the pistol, uh, how to aim the pistol, how to go through uh, a door in a situation like that, um, who goes in first, um you know what is what is best for the uh for the team as a whole uh for example the um you know one of the things that always kills people uh who have military or law enforcement experiences that if they're going in a group and storming in a building and everybody has their gun pointed at everybody's back or they have their fingers on the trigger you know it's it's very common sense uh items which uh would which in the real world would um cause accidents um and disasters so those are types of things that uh w- you know we help with uh, how to for example go into uh, a room silently for example uh so that you're not heard and you're still uh, um traveling as a team um different ways of of when you're storming into a room um how to move where to move so all those things are are things that the director would depend on a tactical consultant to mention, uh, as well as the types of reactions that the different uh, people uh, you know go through. For example, for the actor to to kind of be aware if they have, if they don't have that um, experience. Makes a lot of it makes a lot of sense. I appreciate that. So how does one? I mean, obviously you have to have something in your background that allows you to be a tactical consultant. But then, how do you get that information out to Hollywood that that you would be 
available for this? How how, how do people find you to hire you for these for, as a tactical consultant? Um, in my case, honestly, uh, it's come either through uh, auditions where someone has specifically requested someone uh, with uh, military experience uh, or who has um, training experience, uh, and in which case it's very easy. In other cases, I've had phone calls out of the blue because someone knew someone and uh, they've asked me if, if I could assist with certain projects. And uh, sometimes I can and sometimes I can't. The thing is uh, uh, not to, um, not to you know, kind of step into the areas that you don't know too much about. If, if there's something that I happen you know, to know about, great. If not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fine walking away from, from something if, you know, if, unless it's, you know, kind of a best effort type of, of situation where, you know, you're up front and you say, you know, I don't know about this particular situation or how this department handles uh, something, but, uh, you know, I can do my best. That's, uh, so, I mean, I think people appreciate when you're, you know, you kind of let them know from the beginning, all right, this is my skill set. This is not my skill set, but that can do or I'm willing to do my best attitude. Uh, you know, that's the type of person I think um, that anybody wants to work with. And, you know, you have a good attitude and people remember that. So they recommend you. Um, and in my case, I've been very lucky uh, in that, you know, people have um, have considered me for such things. Uh, you know, I've, and I've, I've, you know, I've never uh, had... Um, had any issues where, for example, there were other consultants on the set already and um, or working with other consultants whose experience, you know, was greater than mine or less than mine or, uh, you know, I think everybody adds something to that, uh, you know, to that work. Uh, and in a way, it's, it's, it's wonderful to be able to contribute in a way outside of uh, the acting and, you know, being able to uh, lend some of your experience if possible. I think that people, uh, a friend who's also been on the show, a guy named Peter Shireko, said, you know, I looked at my career as an actor and realized that all actors have an arc. And my question was, how could I make myself indispensable to the film industry? And he became an expert in Western movies and Western uh, paraphernalia, you know, saddles, guns, you know, uh, costumes, mm -hmm. wardrobe, everything. And he houses, He's, you know, he's he spent scores of dollars, let's just put it that way, you know, in, in acquiring yeah. these things so that he could, and, and he's written books so that, you know, that they now come to him as an expert. And, and as an expert, he also says, well, you know, I'm an actor. I'd like to be in the movie too. So either they come to him as an expert and he gets cast or they come to him as an actor and he gets cast, in which case oftentimes, you know, he can say, um, by the way, I, I can also help you make your movie authentic. So what you're doing, I think is, is really cool. It's, 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 it's it's useful. It's brilliant. It extends the career longevity of actors. It, it's the back door as well as the front door. In other words, it, in, in either situation, however they can um, approach you, um, you know, you you have some business that can be done in Hollywood. And and I think some of us as actors or writers or directors are oftentimes too narrowly focused. We only pursue acting, or we only pursue writing, or we only pursue something and don't think about how, what else can we offer 
So, for example, I know somebody who became uh, a police infor- a law enforcement police consultant. Same same kind of situation where, you know, he was a detective and he now offers his services to, to the movie business and he also acts. So I, I think what you're doing is 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 marvelous and 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 more power to you. I think um, listening to you talk and and, and um, you know convey you know obviously you're an expert in an area. You know in what you said before you don't you don't oversell and you don't you know try and do things that you're not qualified for. But I think for the listeners, the more that we can think about what it is that we can offer uh, in addition to our uh, obvious talents uh, can go a long way for extending our career and helping us make extra money, especially in these tough times. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, Rex. Uh, and I think, you know, everybody, um, you know, I think a lot of people get kind of caught up in trying to be like someone else that they see somewhere or, or on TV or something. Uh, when I think, you know, we are the most expert and the best uh, at being ourselves. And I think if you market yourself for what you are, uh, you know, that is a unique product. Uh, you know, no matter who who it may be, you know, you, there's no one better at being you than you. And I think in a way uh, that's, that's what I did. I didn't want to be, you know, someone else. I, I just, laid my cards out on the table and said, all right, I can do this, this, I have experience with this, um, you know, and I have a can-do attitude. And I think in that way, uh, anyone who works with me um, knows that um, I'm willing to give it my best shot. And if not, you know, they know exactly where I stand at any point. So I think that's a, that's always a, you know, that's always a good um it just it's it's just uh for me I just kind of see it as as professionalism but at the same time you also have a unique product uh which you're bringing to the market uh because like I said no one can be better a better you than you uh very well put very well put um let me ask you about a, a particular role because uh, uh, i i want to talk to you about uh, also your technical advising in that in the in the time chronicles is Iskander Hana al shahab al shabab uh you is this you do you play a terrorist cell leader is that is that is that you that is, is that your role that's so correct. tell us a little bit about that, and then you were also the technical advisor, so we'll get into how uh, the character and making it authentic and, and in terms of the uh, situation seen in American Sleeper Cells. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Um, so in that particular case, um, I had auditioned for a role which required uh, Arabic knowledge. I had done my audition uh, for the producer, uh, Alison Kayola, who works with Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Um, on some projects, and uh, she liked, um, I guess, my vibe and my energy, um, and that you know I I was portraying basically a situation where um, I had come upon the main character, and uh, I was um, I had found them on my property, um, and then I had to um, to explain to. Another member of my terrorist cell what was uh, going on in in Arabic, but the thing is that 
Uh, Arabic is one of those uh, languages that has several dialects. And, for example, the the particular um, terrorist cell that we were dealing with in the script uh, used the Yemen dialect of Arabic. And uh, it's a little bit harsher and not as... Um, and not as flowing as, say, for example, what you would see on TV, which is more the the Egyptian uh, Arabic. Um, so in that particular case, uh, the producer wanted to hire me, and then uh, she had questions about certain items, and then the director had questions. So they noticed that they kept on sending me emails about things, and you know that I could help. So they asked, "Hey, you want to be the technical advisor?" Um, and I said, okay, I've, I've lived in those countries and I've dealt uh, with those particular situations. So, sure, I'll be happy to, to help. Um, and then it just, uh, it was a role which um, occurred throughout a few of the episodes. And uh, it was actually an interesting one because I had learned all of my lines in, uh, in the Yemen dialect of Arabic, which is, uh, and then I had, uh, and it was a lot wow. of close-ups on my lips and whatnot, and then uh, on the set, while shooting, we had to change it into the Egyptian form of Arabic, uh, which is almost like uh, the difference between Greek and German or Greek and uh, Italian. It's, it's, they're very different, where, for example, someone who speaks Egyptian Arabic may not understand someone who speaks Yemen uh, dialect of Arabic. Uh, so it's, wow. it's that type of curveball that you have to be ready for and I think I, I'm extremely blessed in that I have a musical ear so it allows me to pick up uh, languages very quickly and uh, different sounds uh, so that's um, one particular example of for example a language opening you to other forms of roles and then my particular skill set uh, was in counterterrorism. So I had dealt uh, in different countries as a contractor and as an intelligence analyst uh, with different, um, with different, I guess, organizations. Um, and it's something that uh, I still do some uh, consulting on. Um, I mean, in, in this world, uh, especially, you know, security and peace of mind and, uh, and uh, you know, being able to... Um, for example, for a corporation or for a person to have that peace of mind, um, you know, occurs often throughout the world. As Americans, we, we tend to uh, to have that sense of uh, that there will always be someone there. Uh, you know, we can always call the police. A lot of areas of, of the world, it's not as stable. Uh, you know, there are officially kingdoms or, you know, federations where, you know, anybody who has a gun is, is you know, I'm the new boss. So, so it's like that type of, of situation, um, you know, and mindset um, can can help. For example, a writer or a director kind of understand the characters a little bit better and and maybe how to frame a specific shot. Uh, and then, in terms of um, American um, instances or sleeper cells. Uh, there's different technology that um, that is used in order to, for example, collect information. So I contributed some of those uh, methods. Uh, so, for example, um, um, freaking or uh, where you bounce signals off of, uh, for example, like a TV screen or off a window. Or um, there's just 
an amazing amount of technology out there that we know of and an amazing amount that uh, most people do not know of. So um, where I can, based on, on my NDR and what I'm able to talk about and what I'm not, uh, you know, I contribute if, if uh, in terms of, of trying to make the project better um, and in terms of mindset and, and so on. Again, it's a matter of, of a specific skill set and a specific experience, being able to help with a role, being able to help with a specific project. Um, so that's, that's uh, I guess, a very real-world example of, you know, someone can know French or German, and, for example, the character that they're auditioning for could also, um, for example, have shared a specific life experience or they could have, um, you know, speak speak the same dialect of that language. So, I mean, those are all items that, you know, we have to kind of look for as actors. It's like, oh, I can contribute this. You know, I I know, I know, um, I know how this works, or or so on. So, I mean, it, it's always a it's always a good opportunity if if you know you can be the most uh, believable because you know you've done something already and because you have that life experience um, or you know how to this the same way with acting you know if if you're portraying for example a character who you know has lost a child or who has uh, who has been betrayed or something along those lines then if you have that life experience I don't think uh, you know there's anyone else who can sell it uh, as much as somebody who's gone through something like that uh, that makes a, a lot of sense. So, well, let me ask you this: When you watch uh, movies, you know, um, I mean, there's movies like SWAT, there's movies like Training Day. There's there was 24 did a number of, you know, uh, story arcs with Arab terrorists and uh, and things like that. What what do you notice? If you can point any out, that's great. If not, you know, let me know. But um, glaring errors or inaccuracies. I mean, we, we, there's a, because of the situation in the Middle East and our relationship to it as you know, as one country to another, governments and all that. Because we, as consumers of entertainment or of media, whether we're watching the news, uh, I want to keep it to movies, not the news so much. But but when we're watching mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, entertainment that's um, manufactured today with, you know, Middle Eastern terrorists and things like that, you know, is there a lot of fabrication? I mean, do you see, you know, are people, is there any opinion you have regarding, I don't know, the... Um, oh, absolutely. The, the, the portrayal of of, uh, of our Middle East, uh, um, I don't know what you'd call yes, them. Uh, yes, Rex. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I think uh, often in a lot of films, um, we tend to, um, and this doesn't only happen with, with Middle Eastern people. Um, I think it happens with a lot of different types of ethnicities where it's kind of like, uh, the token, um, you know, the token ethnicity and, uh, they kind of make the uh, characters almost, uh, one dimensional, like they're just out for, you know, a specific reason, uh, one purpose. Um, and I think a lot of times, uh, they overlook a lot of the um, one. Sometimes the language will be completely off for 
for the area that they're from or the uh, the accents. I mean, uh, but when I see sometimes some things, it's like, damn, that's why there's ADR. Why didn't why didn't somebody think of that? Um, or it's it's and I mean it happens with a lot of languages. I mean like let's take Avengers for example. Uh, you know Scarlett Johansson is speaking in in Russian and it it's really bad. Um, and I mean there's just lots of examples where like you know it's like if you're a main character and you know if a native speaker uh, is in a movie theater and is complaining about how bad you know you you spoke that language. I mean that's why there's ADR. And I'm sorry if I mentioned a specific actress that was that was not uh that was not right. It was just I remember somebody uh who I was watching the film with had actually <laughs> called right. uh had men so I mean that happens a lot with uh I think with different uh ethnic groups. Uh and uh, one of the things that I feel that Hollywood often uh doesn't include for um the Middle Eastern groups are that, you know, there's this sense of enough. And I say this because I've, I've had a lot of conversations with uh, people who uh, actually were part of the Taliban, uh, people from different regions that they show you on the news that uh, you just think, wow, they really hate Americans. It's like, you know, these people are crazy. But, you know, you speak to these people, these people are just like, like us, you know, and they they have maybe a different uh, mindset in that, um, you know, they may, um, but people people are essentially people, uh, and I think often when Hollywood portrays the Middle Eastern groups, they don't um, show, for example, that love of family, uh, that love of uh, time with with. Uh, you know their their circle of people uh, that warmth uh you know that sense of hospitality which which is actually very famous for anyone who who comes into the middle east or who is familiar with bedouin culture uh you know you would travel long periods of of um long distances in the desert and you would come along an encampment and you know the, they would basically uh give you anything and food and take care of you and I mean that today, even still, uh, you know they it they're very charming and hospitable, and I think that doesn't come across often uh, in 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 Hollywood. In that uh, you know that they're they're people, and they can become like anyone who cares a lot about something. They can become impassioned uh, and and uh, want to change a situation. You know, often I've had conversations. Um, actually with, with, I guess, specific groups that, uh, I've mentioned before and, and just like us, you know, it's the same conversation I've had in, in America where, for example, they don't understand, you know, why are we killing each other? You know, we're just, we're just people, you know, it's like, you know, you're here, I'm there and, you know, we're, we're doing what we think is, is right, but it's, at the end of the day, I don't understand, you know, why why we keep killing each other, and um, you know, these are the type of conversations that um, that we have. But uh, and, uh, I think, you know, that that's that's my main two complaints. <laughs> but that's but uh, that's based on my experience, and I think a lot of people in the American public, you know, they they may not have had that experience, and 
it's almost like what was going on in the 80s. It's like, you know, you put Arnold Schwarzenegger in, in Red Heat, and it's like, uh, you know, the Russians are these invincible supermen and, and so on and so on. And it, it's like uh, you kind of uh, portray a group uh, and and you kind of want them to fit a specific stereotype. And I think, I think in a way that's uh, irresponsible. Uh, and I think if you, um, you know, if you take that people all over the world uh, watch these films and watch this TV, uh, I think you would be more responsible in what you show and, uh, you know, that children, you know, learn and they watch these things. Um, then I think it, 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 it's, it's more a sense of responsibility than, than to paint someone some way and to entertain someone for a few seconds. Uh, nowadays, you know, TV and films are the, the books of, of, you know, the 19th century and, and so on. There, there are a lot of people, what they know about specific groups, they learn on TV or in films. So, I mean, in a way, um, you know, I understand there's there's entertainment value in in kind of portraying people as something, but I just think that to be responsible, you have to kind of show it uh, with a little bit more depth. Well, you you raise an interesting you you raise an interesting point in in, in you know the so, social responsibility of the filmmaker and you know whether or not the filmmaker you know who is you know in other words what are you making the film for if it's for entertainment then you know the question the, the, the question becomes one of are are we you know do we have to explain everything do we have to uh show the you know the family you know the love that goes through or do we just have you know archetypal villains that you know we we paint with broad strokes because you know, we simplify everything so that the audience can grasp it easily. It's it's the white hat and black hat kind of thing, and so the 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 or the good guy and the bad guy. So the bad guy is just completely evil. You know, we get these kind of cardboard cutout kind of characters. Um, you know, you can't have a movie and then at the end, I suppose, put a disclaimer up because I tend to think if it's a movie, it's already a disclaimer. I mean, it's the kind of thing that should go without saying, you know, but when it comes to people growing up and watching television and consuming media and, and without any family or parental or guidance or I don't know who, you know, you know, others to say, not everybody is like this. This is just entertainment. I I suspect that we are having a, a lot of, you know, creating a lot of issues and, and the current flavor today happens to be, Middle Eastern groups, you know, in in during World War II, it was you know the Germans or the Japanese or mm-hmm. the Italians. You know, prior to that, it was you know the English or the French or you know. I mean, I mean, in other words, it's it, we always have these current um, villains, so to speak, that that we 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 mm-hmm. or whatever for whatever the U.S. interests are that are in opposition with other mm-hmm. interests. You know, or we, we had the Soviets at one time, or you know. So, um, mm-hmm. but you raise this interesting point. You know, what 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 should we do as filmmakers? And and I think, truly, I mean, I've gone to great lengths in in a film I'm directing to try not to make one character a cardboard cutout. 
you know, in a very similar way in that it was an ex-wife and the, and the person was, you know, pretty bitchy and pretty nasty and everything. And I, and I wanted to make sure that this, that the audience doesn't see her only as this evil ex-wife, that everything she's doing is motivated by love of her children and, and that she's motivated. She, she and the husband are, are warring, but that the, that the children are what she's interested in, and that they do have a loving relationship. And I went, and I, and I, I went. I'm, I think I've gone the extra mile to try and to try and paint that. And so, uh, you know, it's hopefully it'll work in the picture. We'll see when it's all cut together how it, you know, how it comes out. But, but uh, I think filmmakers taking <clears throat> heed of what you said can do that as well. And I'm not sure how easily, but that, that they certainly could do it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I went off on a yeah. On a rant, no, 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 no. I, I think that. That's that's great, and I mean myself as as an actor, as an advisor, I um, I commend directors, you know, who try to give more um, more depth and more dimension to their characters, as well as to different groups, uh, you know, where I've where I've come into um, contact with directors like that. Um, for example, like. Uh, yep. Are you there? Oh, pardon. I, yes, I, ac- I Where- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I accidentally uh, hit a studio button, and I think I, I, I gave a pause to what you were saying. So um, no worries. Just, <laughs> sorry about that. So, so I w- no, I was mentioning a specific example of a of a director who uh, who kind of had that uh, same um, intention at heart, and I think. Um, you know, as filmmakers, we often, um, you know, we're often judged uh, against, you know, big budget Hollywood movies with explosions and crazy special effects. And I think a lot of times, little details like those where, you know, you go the extra mile, uh, even though you may not receive that, uh, you know, that audience, uh, I guess, outpouring or... Um, appreciation right away. I mean, there, there are things that I think in a way mm, it makes you feel better about yourself as an artist and, you know, that you were, that you did the best job you could and that you uh, were responsible to the characters, to the material. Um, you know, I think, I think, uh, you know, I, I sincerely commend actors and directors and producers, you know, who go that extra mile. Um, and I mean, they often stick out in, in my head. Uh, one, for example, you were mentioning about villains before and, uh, you know, where I think when a villain is too one dimensional, uh, it can be very boring, but where an, a villain has depth and you can see who they are as a person, for example, uh, uh, Amon Tobin from uh, Schindler's List, let's say, um, uh-huh. person who did, a you know, historically, uh, accurate in that he killed many people and the like, but we see, for example, how he is as lonely as a person wanting to extend himself and to kind of have that connection with someone and kind of the the um, the barriers that he faces and you know it's it's those actors that give humanity to someone who could be you know a one trick. Pony, you know, who just oh, I'm a killer and that's all I do. I kill, I kill. You know what? Uh, you know that that can be very boring. Um, you know, you have to remember. I think, uh, and Spielberg did a, a great job in that. You know, you have to remember that 
these are people. They have they have all of this um, baggage and experience and and ways of seeing the world. And I think uh, uh, you know I commend you again for for going that extra mile. Well, I, I appreciate that, and, and I don't mean to make it about me. I, I you know, I, I just use that as an example, and I think there are, are, are probably scores of people out there, who, you know, multitudes of out there who, who do the same thing, and writers and stuff. You know, it, when it, it, the question, though, it becomes one of economics, you know, and and stuff, and deleted, you know, you know, what can you keep and what can you not keep for the story, and I mean, there's a, a huge other considerations. But since we're on this topic, and I'm going to have to take a break soon, you know, stereotyping is a function of the brain. It's a, it's a shorthand of the brain. And by stereotyping, not that not when we pigeonhole people into ethnic groups or gender groups or things like that, but that is a brain function. It, it's it's designed to to so that we can we don't have to reinvent something every time. We don't have to learn all over. So we we use this shorthand, and sadly, what happens is the the human, um, you know bastardizes the process they they make it you know about um race they make it about nationality they make it about religion they make it about gender and and they put pejorative things to it but stereotyping is based on legitimate things as well you can say that there are certain cultural traits or certain um physical traits that 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 tend to appear in different ethnicities or in different religions or in different you know, around the world, and then there are things those, those things that that a group has in common versus those things that another group doesn't. Um, so it's it's an interesting thing because I think that movies typically, you know, when they do stereotype a, a, a group, it is, you know, it's it's without thought, it's without um, understanding that the nuance of human experience and the and the richness that you have. Um, given voice to in our conversation um you know is available and i agree with you uh, completely in the sense that uh, one dimensional characters are boring regardless you know of of typical uh, you know of 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 the uh, forgive me one dimensional characters are boring <laughs> whether it's a villain or or a good guy you know or a good girl you know they yeah. the the the, the what, but what I'm, I guess I'm getting at mostly, and boy, am I having a tough day today. But what I'm getting to mostly is that what you've said, I think, is really excellent for writers and directors and, and filmmakers in general to consider, uh, especially when fleshing out their characters and developing their stories and, and telling stories, and to not to not stop at the obvious, but to explore it and see what else you can find that enriches all aspects of the story, um, and then go from there. You, you Absolutely. know, you, you know. So anyway, um, you know what, uh, Alex? I'm going to have to take a break. Do you have a website that uh, you do have a website? Let me see. Um, can you uh, tell the listeners what the website is in the moment, and then I'll. It's easy sure. enough, isn't it? Sure. It's alexcruz.com. A l e x k r u z dot com. Krz.com, correct. Yep, Alex So I invite uh, listeners to uh, go check out Alex's website and, and to visit there. Are you on Facebook or anything else? I am. I am. Um, it's uh, Facebook.com and then uh, Alex M, as in uh, you know, 
Michael and Barry. KRUZ. All right, awesome. So you're on, are you on Twitter? Yep, all of all of uh, my social media is the same way. Alex M K R U Z. Instagram, okay. uh, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, consistency. <laughs> all right, so people can find you. Uh, all over the place. So again, alexcruz.com, Alex M. Cruz at Facebook, Alex, and uh, follow at Twitter, Alex M. Cruz on Twitter. All right, Alex, we'll be right back in just a second. And uh, I'm enjoying this very much. And then I want to ask you about the adventures and some of the other roles that you've done, and, and, and we'll get into that. My guest tomorrow Thanks. is uh, Peter Marshall. He is a director and a first AD, and he will be uh, with us tomorrow, we're going to talk about the audition process, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Again, I apologize for all the, the wild, weird technical difficulties and the stammering and the setting while trying to figure out what was going on. Uh, but at any rate, Peter will be back. Be sure to join us. On Monday the 17th, we have um, Julian Adams coming back. Solar Filmworks uh, did uh, the movie Phantom with a pendentium directed by Todd Robinson. He will be there. As of the 18th into July, uh, we're probably going to be on hiatus, uh, but um, go at that time and uh, search the archives at rexsykes.com. Rexsykes.com, that's my name. Again, I'm your host, R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com is the official web address for Rexsykes Movie Beat. All of these interviews are recorded live and then archived at the interviews blog at rexsykes.com, which means you can listen to them anytime, 24-7. Uh, You just scroll through the archives, find the guest name that you want to listen to, read their biography, and in the biography page are either a link that will say upcoming live and give the time and day when the the interview uh, is happening, and at that time of day you can click on it and listen live. Or it will say to listen, and it will be an archived interview. And in some cases, for example, on Peter's biography, there's like 25 or 26 different links, and they're numbered. So you just go to the longest or the largest number. So if it's 1 through 6, 6 would be the current one. If it's 1 through 26, 26 would be the current one. But listen to the archives. It's a a wealth of over 400 hours of professional filmmakers, actors, writers, uh, directors, editors, cinematographers, you name it, behind-the-scenes people uh, sharing their expertise with you. It's a resource designed to help you advance your career and make your movies and get them done less expensively, easier, faster and get them to market so do listen to the archives while we're on hiatus always check with twitter and facebook for upcoming guests as well my website is under construction so um uh, the new one has not yet been launched uh when it is we'll let you know also please do share these interviews with your friends and your industry connections and your colleagues share them near and far use your favorite social media means talk about it in person do it by the phone or email whatever and leave comments those of you who are right now with us in the chat room or those who will be listening archived please leave comments at the players blog talk radio you can also listen to all these interviews at blogtalkradio.com but right there where the player is underneath it is a comment window so that's where you leave comments uh, do so for live or archive shows because it helps others find out about us and uh, they're also available as podcasts from the iTunes store so go to the iTunes store and you can um, listen there as well you can subscribe and download it to your favorite electronic device we're back with Mr. Alex Cruz Alex hi thanks for being patient no worries Rex (laughs) 
All right, so we're back, and um, and I said I was going to ask you about uh, the Avengers. Now you uh, were in the Avengers. Uh, what happened to that? cutting a room floor? Cutting room you ended floor, up, Rex. <laughs> you ended up in the cutting room floor. Um, so sorry to hear yeah. that. But you, but you, but you, uh, were you um, acting with somebody else? Yeah, scene? I mean, I had a I had a wonderful experience. Yeah, I was uh, I was interacting with uh, Stan Lee. It was his cameo, uh, and it was like a whole deleted scene, which was shot over at Grand Central. Uh, and yeah, I was like really excited about it. Uh, but they they never used it, and there was a lot of a lot of parts which were not used. But I mean, uh, you know, as an actor and as somebody who loves what they do, you're you know, you're happy regardless to be on the set, to be uh, working with people that, uh, you know, most people only see on on, um, on the big screen or, you know, the s- smaller screen. Uh, but I mean, like anything else, it was a learning experience, um, you know, that no matter what, <laughs> what project, you never know when it's going to, you know, when it's going to hit the cutting room floor and... You never know what's going to be of it. You know, there's a lot of a lot of uh, films that shoot um, much more footage than they need, um, and some characters get completely cut out, and and you know that's that's the way it goes. You know, it was a good learning experience. <laughs> well, indeed. So I I almost never ask this question, but I'm going to. Um, just because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would would really be interested in your experience with Stan Lee. Mm. Mm. All right. So he's uh one of the most talkative people that uh I've actually met and very easy to to uh to deal with and just uh very warm. Um you know, he just made everyone feel at ease. Um you know, just a very I guess um genial man. I just uh, I and it, it's I'm really surprised, actually, with by people who have done so much and who uh, I think in Stanley's uh, I think um, case, you know, is is a genius to have come up with so many different characters and to kind of uh, you know populate uh, the world with these types of uh, characters and stories and that we we tend to. Uh, know if we're into the comics like I am, um, and I was just really—it's—it's it's really nice to see how easy um, they are to talk to and how how um, I guess how they come across as as uh, more down to earth I think than than a lot of a lot of people uh, would imagine. Well, that's I mean, you kept I mean, on mentioning, 90... "Oh, I'm from New York," and yeah. <laughs> Wow. Well, I mean, he's 90 years old. No, I mean, the guy's 90 years old. I mean, and and anybody who's, you know, of, I guess, a certain age, probably 30 or 40, grew up to this guy's comic books. So, absolutely. You know, it's amazing. And now, I mean, you know, uh, again, I mean, in some ways being recycled, I mean, you know, we're we're seeing, uh, and, and in many ways for the first time, you know, really incredible movies being made. Uh, about his characters and you know blockbuster tentpole kind of kind of event so it's uh, it's it's pretty impressive 
um, you know, what a what an opportunity to work with this iconic, you know, person. And amazing that they cut Stan Lee out of his movie, <laughs> along with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they he always has a cameo, and you know they put him in in the news at the end, and it was like the, uh, you know, they just put like the old man or something. So I mean, it, he's just. I guess, you know, like you said, growing up on his comic books, it's like, wow, you're really cool. It's like you're just, you're just, uh, you know, so easy, like you just admire a person more, you know, because they they have so much to be uh, proud of and, and uh, you know, just to be more down to earth, I think, than, than most people is you just kind of have to admire that humility um, really for, for someone who, who's done so much. That is amazing. That is amazing. So let me ask you about. Uh, let's go back and and uh, of your roles, either television or movie. What what is your favorite role and why? What uh, what in terms of what you do as an actor? What what have you found uh, the most fun? And then and then what is the most challenging for you? Oh, that's a great question. Um, in terms of roles, I think. Um, the one that I prefer, or the one that uh, I guess that I enjoyed the most, is is a character I guess that has, as I as I mentioned before, dimension and, and depth. Um, uh, there was a, a short film that I had done a bit ago, which which was a which had gotten into some festivals and Paris and Geneva and a few other ones, uh, which also was a comic book. Um, and the thing is that uh, that particular character um, from from Red Cloud and the Red Cloud comic books, um, it's one that uh, I liked the, uh, the depth of the character and I guess, um, you know, everybody goes through certain things and as an actor, you know, you kind of enjoy those characters that allow you to voice how you feel and the different uh, aspects of your of your of your own personality. Uh, and I think if you're lucky enough uh, as an actor to you know find a character like that, you know, you want to expand out upon it and you want to keep um, you know kind of you know you enjoy living in that world and you, and you you know you know the character and you know kind of those things that they've been through um a, a that particular character gave allowed me to uh i guess voice uh my pain through uh different situations that I've been through in life and uh kind of I think in a way it allowed me to connect with a population that a lot of um that a lot of people kind of uh uh forget about i think um you know they're they're i have several friends who are uh veterans who you know they they contact me you know wherever i may be in the world and you know they uh you know they uh may have been going through a similar situation and i'm able to i think if you happen to go through something in life and you're able to help someone else because of that situation, I think uh, in a way it it was, you know, one of the better learning experiences because 
you know, through your character, you can you can illustrate those things. Like I mentioned before, you know, who could who could know what the you know losing a child is like unless somebody had lost a child, or you know, who could right. know what losing a family is like or being betrayed or. And I think in that particular character, it was uh, it really allowed me to to voice a lot of things that I had gone through, and and um, you know I still uh, get contacted um, today by by people who had seen specific scenes from there, and they're like, uh, you know, they 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 want to talk about those things because that they feel like they know me or they feel like um, I can understand what they're going through, and in a way, they're right. Because you know I had gone through those situations and and you know I try to help where I can and I think um, if you know you have happened to go through something instead of letting it change you you know for the for the uh, you know as an, into a negative person or to somebody who can you know who is filled with hate or rage I think if you allow it to be something that you can do something positive with and help other people then I think. That's the best character that there is. Very cool, man. Very cool. So, what role out of the TV shows and and the movies that you done? What 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 was like your most challenging role? You know, and then I want to ask you: are you you're you are you primarily based in New York? <laughs> That's a funny question. The, the latter one. Um, I'll take the first one because it's easier. <laughs> Um, challenging I would I would have to say uh, the time chronicles because uh, it required me learning uh, a good page of text in a completely different uh, dialect of Arabic on the spot uh, with close-ups of my lips (laughs) Uh, and then am I based in New York Uh, primarily yes but uh, I'm all over the place Uh, I happen to be very 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 blessed in that um i guess different um different clients i have different clients around the world and different uh different groups that uh that i consult for um so in that way i i get to you know see more i get to share more sometimes i do films in in upper locations like brazil uh france or um so on. So I mean, it's in a way, it's uh, I'm very, very lucky, you know, to be able to, uh, I guess, to express myself in uh, in different languages and in different places, and uh, and to share with others. Well, most of my guests, um, I, I guess, just because the film industry, you know, are, reside in Los Angeles or connected with LA, and I haven't, I don't know that I've ever really asked what how the the business differs uh for the new yorker and yet i i'm out there i find it different i find the energy different i find the going on auditions different you know it's a very vertical city so you're going up you know to the 50th floor of something versus you know mm-hmm. uh, you know somewhere in hollywood Boulevard. so so will you describe the you know the actor lifestyle in in new york in terms of um, how the business is, and how you know, you know, I guess the ambience of 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 what's going on right now for film and television as an actor. Sure, um, I think in my experience, um, you just have to be 
in my experience, I've found that the more flexible you are in New York, the better it is for you, uh, just because you just never know exactly what's going to come out of an audition. Uh, you never know what's going to, um, you know, come out of out of anywhere where you go, or like even like a casual meeting, uh, you know, uh, in a restaurant or something of the like. Um, for example, at the Americans, I had originally. Um, I had originally auditioned for KGB officer and I had done my uh, audition in Dixt and then I had to say the exact same text on the spot in Russian. And, uh, you know, they were, I had no idea that I would have to do that. Uh, but then they asked me why I spoke Russian and then I explained to them. Uh, and then, you know, I was called for something else. So it's just like, you don't know what exactly uh, will come of, of, of any of these meetings, but I mean, my flexibility, I think is, is one of my largest uh, assets because I can kind of make my own hours and, and make my own, uh, you know, decisions in terms of, of finances and whatnot. Um, so that I'm able to, to go to some of these auditions, which for example, other people can make it to, or, um, or, you know, just kind of, uh, that again, in my case, it's been the flexibility that, that's helped a lot and the different uh, skill sets that I bring to the table, different life experiences. Um, and then I guess that I've gone through all these things and then I look, you know, much younger. <laughs> but but, but uh, that's that's been my experience. Uh, but I think a lot of people, um, you know, because I've, I've also helped uh, other uh, friends in terms of producing and and um, and casting and whatnot. Uh, in that, um, you know, it it kind of there's there's a there's a large layer I think between people who are kind of dallying at it. Where, for example, in L.A. it seems like it's more the professional actor, and then in New York, kind of you know the professionals kind of stand out. And uh, the, from my experience in terms of of helping with casting. Um, so, I mean, I think there's less, I'm going to say there's less, it seems like there's less competition in New York, <laughs> but you never know. It's, uh, yeah, I guess it depends on the role too. So. Wow. I know that when I uh, used to describe the difference between LA and New York, and I, I, I haven't found it this way currently but but when i was in my teens and 20s um there were things back then in that business like for example la actors if you were in sag or after you never did extra work it was just unheard of you wouldn't even consider doing it it was beneath you you know that was for extras um well since then sag and sag merged and now after and sag have merged i mean a lot of different things have changed um when you were asked in Los Angeles at that time, you know, what do you do? And you said, I'm an actor. And if you were waiting tables or driving a cab or doing anything else, they would say, well, what, when was the last, what was the last thing you were in? And if somebody would say, well, I haven't, I haven't worked in a year. Then they go, well, then you're a waiter or you're a cab driver or you're, uh, you know, a, a parking attendant. You are not an actor. You're only acting when you're acting. And, and I contrast that because in, in New York at the very same time, I'd go to New York, and they'd say, what do you do? you say, an actor. If somebody said, well, when's the last time you worked? You said, a year ago. they go, well, man, keep it, keep 
keep pursuing your dream. You know, make it happen. If you said yeah. I'm a waiter and I'm trying to act, they go, yeah, you know, more power to you. Make it. And you could do extra work, and you could do, you know, walk-ons on soap operas and five and unders and all that. And it was there was no stigma attached to it. I mean, L.A. took it very to a different level. You know, you were either a professional actor or you were nothing. And in New York, you were yeah. somebody who was <laughs> aspiring to be. You were aspiring to be a professional. You no, know, wherever you were in your career, and you were encouraged. I found Absolutely. it. I found it. The mindset's very different. I don't know if that's true today. I don't. I don't. I've not experienced that today. What have you? Do you I, notice the difference? In- absolutely. I I think uh, that goes back to what uh, I had mentioned about flexibility because you never know what's going to come up of something. Um, and I think what you mentioned around you know L.A. You know it, they, it's more professional in that in that way and uh, in that a lot of people are trying to be. Actors and uh, you know it's it's all right you know they're a guest star or they're lead and that's it. Uh, but in a way, I think you close yourself off to certain things because, for example, in New York, uh, you know people are more open to those things. And for example, it could become a recurring role or it could become a larger role or you can end up uh, from any like you know little under five or something like that. And I think in a way, if you do what you what you love. Uh, no matter, you know, that, that's, uh, that, I think that's, what's, what's most important. And, you know, also how do you become a professional? They say a professional, you know, does what is a professional if they've done like 10,000 hours of work. Well, if you're only going to take lead roles in, uh, you know, in LA, uh, then it's going to be pretty difficult to get 10,000 hours of work. So, I mean, you have to, you know, you have to practice your craft when you can, I think, um, and you just become better like anything else you, know, you keep practicing, I think. And I think a lot of people in New York, um, you know, uh, have that mindset. It's just a little bit more flexible. The energy is different. Um, high energy, can-do attitude. Um, so, I mean, you know, everybody looks at the world a different way. Uh, everybody has a different experience. But, uh, you know, that's that's simply how I approach it and uh, how I've seen other uh, actors in New York approach it versus uh, some actors that I've met from Los Angeles. Uh, but I mean, you know, everybody, everybody's their own world. So. Wow. So do you now let me ask you about uh, martial arts. Do you ever get called on to, to work with martial arts in the movies or to consult as oh, a martial yeah. artist? So tell us about that and, yeah, and about how that works. And are you there, Stud? I am. I am. The studio button got me. <laughs> yeah, something happened there. I don't know what. Okay. I don't know what happened. But go for it. No worries. Uh, so yeah, um, I have. Uh, one of, and I mean, you have to, again, this, this goes into kind of being responsible because, um, you know, having experience in certain things and, uh, you know, you sometimes have to keep in mind children watch, uh, movies and TV. And for example, if you're putting someone to sleep or making them unconscious, um, you know, you kind of have to be responsible about the angle. Um, you know, I've often been kind of called for, those types of items when, you know, somebody has to be either knocked out or made unconscious or 
specific technicalities around, um, you know, things having to do with the human body. Uh, and I mean, that, uh, that kind of opens up other doors to be honest. <laughs> um, I, I had, that's how I originally got into, into acting. You know, I was, uh, I was helping out with, uh, with a scene where, um, the main, um, character had to render someone unconscious and, you know, I, I taught them a quick way to do it with, uh, using their legs to choke out the person and how long they usually takes to put someone to sleep that way. And, uh, yeah, just, it just led to, uh, more things, I guess. And, uh, kind of um remembering all those those uh those things that uh I I guess I had studied in school for acting uh because I I'm one of those people who never really thought of of uh pursuing that dream or pursuing something artistic um just my life took me in a different direction where uh functionality and survival was was uh was key and um you know, I'm very happy and lucky that uh, I got to I got to fall into it, and uh, that I have an outlet to express myself and to share. Um, so, whether it be martial arts, whether it be uh, advisement, or you know, whether it be something strictly dramatic, you know, it's in a way, it's all still sharing. What is acting? It's action. You know, it's action. It's it's communication. It's it's sharing. It's you know. So much of what we say to each other is is physical. Uh, I think there's there's a saying that we communicate. I think eighty to ninety percent with our bodies, and the rest is verbal. So I mean, there's there's just so many different levels of um, of communication, and I think I'm extremely blessed to be able to uh, to work on some of those. Wow, that's that's very very cool. So you. Um you i, I want to mention some of the other things that you've got going you you are a cfit program we've got about 6 or 7 minutes left so i, I apologize for that but you you're a cfit program instructor you help design mm-hmm. a new approach for fitness with kids you have a west point negotiation project or you did we're preparing the us military command special units for dealing with real world situations around the world um on top of it native american combat scout tra- tracking instructor and native american martial arts uh, and then you also do, you know, Taekwondo and Muay Thai and, and uh, Shotokan Karate and boxing. I mean, geez, you know, you you have no shortage of uh, martial arts. You've, you've uh, did you um, you also compete? Is that in martial arts? Is that mixed martial arts? Is that correct? Uh, or did uh, that? Not currently. I don't compete, but there was a period of time when I competed uh, in Europe uh, in the mixed martial arts, um, in the mixed martial arts uh, MMA Bushido circuit. And um, I had originally uh, an actual, uh, I guess, experience before going back during that time uh, where I had to deal with a group of people who were armed. and uh, And then I kind of, you know, kind of, certain life situations you don't you know you don't want to uh do something um you know there's there's always there's always uh i guess a point that you reach where like you know i don't i don't want to hurt anyone i don't want to you know every there's no such thing as an old fighter i say (laughs) everybody has a limit and 
and uh, you know, a point where you know they just, they just you're either smart and you get out, or you know you're dumb and you kind of you know kind of like the horse going to the glue factory type thing. So I got out when, well, after you know, you know, uh, like I knew where my limit was. <laughs> well, you, I mean, this is very amazing because you, you, um, and, and you've got a, a couple of girls that. Uh, uh, you're bringing up, and and you have a, a spiritual side that we've not been able to talk about, and different things that you do, and and connect with, um, you know, with uh, Native Americans, and and uh, work with shamans and things like that in in both North and South America. You are a fascinating person and a man of of many different uh, talents and abilities, and uh, it is a delight and a pleasure to talk with you. I'm going to leave you the the last say four minutes or so to to, to talk about whatever you'd like to talk about because I, I we, we're out of time and there's not enough time to 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 do justice to any of the number of things that you could you could voice. Okay, Rex. Uh, well, again, I appreciate you having me here, and I've really enjoyed our conversation. Um, and we'll I feel have like to have we you can back talk for hours. Uh, yeah, we and, yeah, we could. Know, and we, We'll have you back at another time, and we'll let the listeners know when that is, because I know you're you're hectic and you're all around the world too. So, but I mean, like for example, like you know, when you want to make time, you make the time. Uh, so I'm, for example, uh, where I am right now, like um, all the tra- all the data, all the phone calls are all you know, it's all kind of blocked up. I'm actually. Uh, <laughs> If anybody follows my Twitter or something, they kind of know exactly where I am, uh, like in terms of the Gulf. But um, since I have four minutes, uh, I guess I want to speak a little bit about um, some of the projects that that I'm I'm going to be working on. Uh, I'm going to uh, also speak about, very quickly, um, the Somali Bomb Foundation. Uh, As I had mentioned, there was a role that, that I did uh, that um, where all of the uh, proceeds, for example, from the comic book for Red Cloud had gone to the Somali Mom Foundation, and we had done a screening where uh, all of those funds had gone to them. And what they do basically is they they rescue um, young women um, who are sexual slaves around the world. Uh, and I think uh, I've I've you know that's something that's close to my heart having uh having two two, two young girls um sure and uh also um you know so many children who don't know any other life and you know they fall into that and i think you know if you can help you know why not um and i right. think if you're able to do what you love and help i think uh that's you know probably one of the best blessings that uh anyone can have uh, so I've been very lucky to to you know to have been endorsed by them and to meet Somali mom and to contribute where I can. Um, you know, so I'm always trying to make people aware that uh, you know that there are such programs like that and that uh, you know that there, as Americans, we kind of take for granted that uh, you know that we kind of have our independence and we can do what we want to. But there's a lot of uh, young girls out there who they fall into this life or they're sold into this life and or they're kidnapped and uh, you know there are people out there who uh, who who help them and 
uh, I was able to relate with the organization and with the character because of my own volunteer work around the world. Um, you know, having seen these things up front and up close, and uh, you know, I think us as artists and and uh, as people, I think you know, we always have a responsibility to to our fellow man, and you know, I think uh, one of the most important things that we can remember is that um, everyone is is worthy and uh, and deserving of of respect and of love. Uh, no matter what they've been through or no matter what they've done. And I think um, if, you can, if you can help uh, as an artist or as a person, uh, the person next to you, I think uh, that's, you know, the greatest richness that you can have outside of, you know, the material. And, and uh, I think that's, that's richness of spirit. Wow, very cool. Very, very cool. Well, Alex, I appreciate that so much, and I appreciate you taking time out of your day and for being here. And uh, what time is it where you are? Where I am, Iran time is 8.21 p.m. So it's it's in the p.m. So you have a good rest of the evening and a, and a great uh, uh, coming weekend. I appreciate this very much. Uh, appreciate if you would give us a call and a, give me a call back in a couple of minutes. Uh, the show will end. And uh, and you and I can discuss. And uh, thank you for being here and sharing with the listeners your your thoughts, your experiences, and um, uh, very much more power to you. And I and I think absolutely, um, you know. But did you have a did you have any um, web information regarding the the foundation? Sure. Uh, that would be uh, somalimom uh, dot org. Smallymom.org. So, all right. Well, very and cool. I want to make sure, in case I missed that, I want to make sure that we have that there, Smallymom.org. Um, all right. Well, thank you very much for being here. We'll talk in a couple of minutes, and um, enjoy the rest of your evening and your coming week. Thank you, Rex. It's been a great pleasure for me. It's been a great pleasure for me as well. Thank you. Well, there you have it, Mr. Alex Cruz. Again, uh, check out his website at alexcruz.com. Follow him on Twitter at alexm, as in Mary, cruz.com. And uh, also on Facebook, Alex M. Cruz. Uh, he does so much more than we, you know, uh, than we were able to get into today and to talk and to discuss. So go check it out yourselves. Go check him out. And uh, you'll be glad. <coughs> I apologize. You'll be glad that you did. Um, my upcoming guest tomorrow is Mr. Peter Marshall, the director of series. We're in the edition process. Remember that. Please help spread the word. i got to say that I love every single one of you who tweet before my show, who help support my guests in that way, who tweet after my show or during my show and spread the word, who put it on your Facebook walls or your Google Plus or your Pinterest or wherever you put it, when you use those, the, whatever social means. Um, I've been at some film events. People come up and go, oh, we were just talking about your show. You know, somebody was telling me I have to listen, you know, or I just listened for the first time. That's so cool. I, I really appreciate it. I really love it when you do that. Thank you for the love and support. I really do appreciate it. So do my guests when you leave comments at the player or you rate and review the podcast. But at the Blog Talk Player, right underneath the chat window, right underneath the player, whether you listen live or archived, is the comment window. 
You just type in a comment, what you thought about the guest, what you thought about the show. When you do this and when you rate and review it, it, it increases our presence on the Internet. It gives the search engine something else to look for. When you use, you know, when you take a moment to do that, it helps my guests reach other people. And the whole point of Rex Sykes Movie Beat is to connect you up with professional filmmakers who are uh, in the trenches every day, as you may be, and 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 to learn and to share from their expertise and their experience as well, to make your projects faster, easier, less expensively, to get them to market, and to advance your career uh, whether you're in front of or behind the camera. It's really designed to be a resource for you, and that's why I'm connecting you up with these people. So please help uh, others connect up as well. Share the show, share my guests, share the website, rexsykes.com, and do come back and join us again. And whenever you listen live, do, if you can, get in the chat room. And uh, if not, and you can only listen archived, or you download the podcast to your computer or your favorite electronic device, enjoy and know that uh, I really truly appreciate all of your efforts in um, in helping us reach others. You guys truly do rock, and I'm always thrilled when I see uh, friends and, uh, and unknowns in the chat room. Uh, it makes my day. So thank you very much for listening. I want to thank Mr. Alex Cruz for being here and, and for conversing this morning uh, for him in the evening, and, uh, and all the best to everyone. All right, everybody, make your projects, complete your projects, and until we meet the next time, be tomorrow, that's a wrap.